Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream, though what's harder to live. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 113, 113 episodes in on a TNT Thursday, the final Thursday of the regular season in the NBA. It is April 7th, 2016. It is day one of the Masters in Golf. And if for any of you that don't know, the Masters in Golf starts today. It is a Super Bowl of golf and what it represents on April 7th, 2016, episode 113, the final TNT Thursday of the regular season. A week from today, we will recap what went on in the regular season for the NBA and give you all of our post our, our, our postseason predictions and what we saw during the regular season that shocked us and recap what happened and recap all of our predictions that happened before the season. Back in October, yeah, it's going to be fun. About a week from now. Again, my name is Simo Buckets calling in here on the CLNS Radio Studios, uh, the SeatGeek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558. One more time, 323-642-1558. A lot of news on the NBA from yesterday. Obviously, we're here at a little bit of a later edition, uh, 1030 a.m., Pacific, 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to do a quick 60-minute show today, and then we're going to get on out of here, maybe a little bit less than that, and then we'll leave. Uh, eight games in the NBA last night. Again, not much else going on. Obviously, Sam Hinkie uh, stepping down as GM of the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll talk about that here in a moment, um, but let's get it started here. Kevin Hart, where are you at? There you are, Kevin Hart. Let's get going. All right, all right, all right. We're going to learn today. Eight games in the NBA last night, uh, and LeBron did not show up for Cleveland, uh, for Cleveland to play against the Pacers, and it is now proven officially as of yesterday, and I was correct before the season in a prediction that I made, and a week before the season began, it is now correct. No team in the, in the Eastern Conference will win uh, 60 games this year as the Cavaliers lose their 23rd game of the season and they lose to the Indiana Pacers 123-109. to LeBron James decided not to play. He needed, quote-unquote, rest to get it going. Uh, and the Indiana Pacers get their 42nd victory of the season. They're now 42-36. and They're still hovering in for a playoff spot, but more than likely they're going to get it from the standpoint of right now they are the seventh seed. The Pistons beat the Magic. They're still hovering in at a playoff spot, too. Half game back of the Pacers for a seventh seed. But the Pacers, the Pistons right now beating the Magic big time victory, 108 to 104, still hanging tough in that uh, playoff spot for them as they keep moving forward. Again, 42 and 37, playing great basketball for the Detroit Pistons as they are now two and a half games up on the Chicago Bulls 
and they are also three and a half up on the Washington Wizards, who get it done last night, beating the Nets 121 to 103. The Wizards trying to make a late push to get in. It's looking less and less likely that they're going to get in. They have about four games left, three and a half back. They got to play perfect basketball and get some help on the way to even have a sniff at the postseason. Celtics beat the Pelicans last night, 104 to 97. Isaiah Thomas, one of the best games of the night, 32 points, eight assists, four rebounds. An outstanding game by Isaiah Thomas as he performed again. The Celtics getting their 46th victory of the season, having a chance of potentially getting sniffing the 50-win mark this season if they finish out the regular season winning-wise. They will finish 50-32 and 32 if they keep winning out their final four games. The Hornets beat the Knicks to go to 45-33, and 33, 111-97. Again, the Knicks not playing great basketball over the last couple of months, but they're still 31 and 48, a big improvement over a year ago. The Mavericks and Rockets, look, I said it on social media last night, and I'll say it again. This was two teams that needed to get victories last night. Obviously, the Rockets more than the Mavs, um, but from the standpoint of from the standpoint of how these two teams played, both these two teams do not look like teams that are ready to, to do much in the postseason. They looked awful last night, 88 to 86. The Mavericks have the victory over the Rockets. And when you look at the standings, I know the Mavericks are a team that are right now the seventh spot in the, in, the, in the Western Conference, and the Houston Rockets are only a game back of the Utah Jazz. And, and really, it's between the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets now who are going to fight for a playoff spot. I know Dallas is still right there, and they could, potentially, they could potentially miss the postseason. But Houston had their big chance last night, and clearly they whipped against a team like Dallas, who has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Uh, Utah, 39-39, has a full game up on Houston, who's now 38-40. and 40. Uh, heading down the stretch here in the, for the final spot in the Western Conference. That might bode well for the Golden State Warriors because, again, I think they're going to dominate who they play in the first round. But I think if they played the Rockets, it would be a little bit tougher than playing the Utah Jazz. No knock on the Jazz. I thought the Jazz would get into the postseason, but this will turn into one of the more disappointing seasons ever if the Houston Rockets lose uh, and they don't get into the postseason uh, coming down the stretch here, down the rest of the way for the NBA season. Trailblazers beat the uh, restful uh, – tired Thunder team who literally let all their entire team not play. Uh, Serge Ibaka, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, no one played in that game. The Trailblazers win 120-115, to 115, clinching a playoff berth this season for the Trailblazers, 37 with two games to go. You talk about a team that clearly is going to have head coach of the year, Terry Stotts, uh, most improved player of the year in C.J. McCollum. Um, this team has proven why Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard, too, is in the conversation as one of the best point guards in the NBA from the standpoint of losing four or five starters, still doing what they've done. We've said it all year long. This has been the most impressive team, the team that has shocked everyone all season long, having a winning season, losing everyone, playing the way that they've been playing, one of the most impressive seasons, I think, in NBA history from the standpoint of, you know, obviously not historically winning-wise like the, uh, like the Golden State Warriors, but from the standpoint of, a team that no one expected to do this well. And I know, I know the Thunder rested their players last night. But to beat the Thunder the way they did, with the players that they have, doing it in the fashion that they did, you've got to give them praise and give them props for an organization that is seriously trimming down to become a better organization than, than to just tank and get better players. They have proven why they're one of the better organizations in all of basketball. Again, getting another playoff seating this season. I think they've been to the playoffs five straight years now, if I'm not mistaken. Impressive stuff there by the Trailblazers getting it back into the postseason again after getting rid of all the players they had last year. Incredible, fascinating things there by the Portland Trailblazers. They right now are in the sixth spot in the Western Conference. And then the final game, or the second-to-last game, Kobe Bryant plays in the Staples Center. Um, 
And uh, the second-to-last home game, the last time he ever plays the Clippers, the Clippers beat the Lakers 91-81, to and unfortunately it sets up a precedent, the lowest mark in NBA history for the Los Angeles Lakers, 62 losses, the most losses in NBA history for the Los Angeles Lakers um, at 16-62 and now with about four games to go in the regular season. The Lakers are just really winding down Kobe's career at this point. And uh, come April 10th, I believe it's April 10th, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the final time Kobe Bryant or, or April 13th or whenever Kobe's final game is, uh, that will be the last time we get to see Kobe Bryant in a basketball uniform. And hopefully it's for the better uh, as they go on and play Utah here in about a week. So that's what's going to be the case there, and that's what's going to happen um, with that moving forward. Um, those are your games from the night in the NBA last night. Uh, obviously there's some news that's worth mentioning, obviously, Sam Hinkie steps down as the 76ers GM. He writes a 13-page letter when it comes to his stepping down process of the 76ers GM. Now, what's fascinating about this, what's fascinating about Sam Hinkie stepping down the way he is, is, look, uh, a 13-page letter. Look, we would all understand a two-page letter, one-page letter, saying something, you know, basically a statement saying, look, I'm sorry I didn't you know, solidify my stuff or blah, 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 and, you know, all that kind of, you know, I, I would get that. I understand where that, you know, where all that comes from and where all that, you know, stands by, and, and I would understand him having a statement. But to write 13 pages, and, and with the with the rhetoric and the vocabulary and, 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 the, and the amount of, you know, speak that he has in that, in that letter altogether. Look, all it shows is this guy was not – all it shows that this guy – did not have any connection when it came to his uh, when it came to his connection to the team and to the organization. That's all it shows. Thirteen pages. If you read the letter, if you hear parts of the letter and you understand where he's coming from, he he clearly intelligent guy, a guy who has an has a knowledge base that a lot of people might not understand. But at the same time, he's not willing to accept the fact that he didn't get the job done. He just didn't. And, and, and if we want to see. You know, this guy's saying how, you know, it takes time to, to, to create, you know, to create Rome and all that stuff. And I was like, Look, Sam Hinkie, it doesn't take you five, six, seven, ten years to create, you know, uh, uh, you know, to create a great organization. It doesn't take that long. It usually takes a couple of players here and there, a couple of good coaches, you know, players that are willing to buy into assist. You completely lost your team just flat out as a GM. You just lost your team. And with the seventh, with the thirteen-page letter that you wrote to the organization stating why you left the team, uh, now we know why. Uh, now we know why you, you you stepped down. You could not connect with this team. You could not connect overall with the overall presence of what the team was. And unfortunately, it's trash. The Seventy Sixers are trash. And Sam Hinkie is deciding to step down and and change the betterment for the team and. Maybe the NBA does need to step in, like they said early on before the season, that they need to step in and try and help the 76ers organization. It's, it can't get any lower. It really can't. It can't really get much lower than where they're at. All you can really do is go up from here. And knowing that Sam Hinkie's going to be gone for, you know, from, from this organization, they're going to have to create a new, whole brand new uh, process starting next year. Um, well, it's, it just, it just, it is what it is. And, and for him to do what he did and, and, and to try and help this team out, I guess help this team, which is really tank for two, three, four, five years. And now the organization is, is practically in shambles. There's no 
connectivity for this organization to go anywhere but but up. I mean, really, there's nothing. Uh, they're they're that bad. Ten and sixty-eight. Think about that. Ten and sixty-eight. They won their tenth game a couple of nights ago. This team's trash. Uh, the Seventy Sixers. Uh, they got a long way to go. And I'll tell you this much: if this team can win a championship in the next ten years. It would be one of the greatest. Uh, it would be one of the greatest rebuilding processes of all time because this is this is bad. I mean, this is really bad. Ten wins and seventy-eight attempts is uh, is pretty horrendous. I mean, that's really good in baseball, and even even in baseball, that's a tough one. You know, I mean, think about that. That's a that's a project. That is a one intense project. And uh, Sam Hickey, if, if he couldn't do it, then who is? And uh, I think the NBA is going to need to step in with the seventy-six uh, situation. And fix the toxicity level of what's going on there in, in Philadelphia, and hopefully they can find a way to revamp and refix this organization and refix the problems that they've gone through here over the last five, ten years because they have been nothing. I mean, outside of Allen Iverson and Andre Iguodala, they've had nothing. I mean, they made the postseason a couple of times in the last 10, 15 years. Obviously, in 01, they went to the NBA Finals. But on the whole, they've just been trash and Hopefully someone can come in there and fix that. Um, and with Sam Hinkie and the way he represented and, and presented himself in his letter, saying that he's really the guy who understands what's going on and no one else does. Look, look, guy. I mean, clearly you don't understand what's going on as the GM, and you stating that you need to be the smartest guy in the room, and that you need to be a guy who who needs to be looked up on and have everyone follow his lead. Clearly you're not. No one's following your lead, and clearly you've lost ways with the organization. So that's. That's pretty much what's gone on with that. Um, and, and considering, you know, the 76ers now don't have a GM, apparently they're going to be keeping their head coach, Brett Brown. Um, it's, it, is a, uh, it is a circumstance uh, that will take time and a lot of it to revamp that organization to get them back to respectability because as of now, they're clearly the trash of the NBA. Um, like I said, uh, Kobe Bryant – his second to last game last night. Uh, what else can you say? I mean, Kobe Bryant again. Whenever you watch him play now, it's kind of like watching an old man try and play. It really is like watching an old man trying to play basketball. He he does not look healthy in any way, shape, or form. He looks beaten up throughout his career playing these last couple of weeks. I've been watching him from from time to time in highlights, and I'm just like, man, this guy looks like he's gonna break down at any moment from the standpoint of his body. Um, it's sad to see. It's the way it usually goes for, for, for legends. Um, and Kobe Bryant's a legend forever. And he's the, greatest sec- he's the second greatest shooting guard of all time. And what he's done throughout his career, he's got a week left to go, four games to go in the regular season, one more game at Staples Center, th- th- three more games on the road. Um, it's tough. It's tough to watch uh, from the standpoint of a guy who, you know, I've grown up watching pretty much my whole basketball life seeing how this guy has transformed the game from the standpoint of scoring the basketball um, and, and really playing both ends of the floor with an aggressive mentality that I think a lot of people need to play more with because it's unfortunate when people play with this, this lackluster, you know, can-do, shucks attitude. You know, Kobe never played like that. Kobe never will play like that. In fact, I love the words he said the other day about how, you know, how the people are talking about how the Golden State Warriors are quote-unquote bored of trying to get a record that, you know, has been has stood for 20 years, you know, with the Bulls. He said, look, if, if I was in their shoes, I would try everything I could to win every single basketball game I could at the highest level. I wouldn't be bored. And that's the unfortunate part of this team in the Golden State Warriors is 
they're bored. And how can you be bored at trying to make history? And that's what Kobe Bryant was trying to say uh, yesterday after the game between the Clippers. He said, I don't know how this team, I don't know how you can be bored. I don't know how you can be this and that and that. When, when all you're trying to do is, is be the best you can possibly be, I don't understand why you wouldn't try to do that. And I get that. And I understand that logic. And that's, and that's where I came in with my logic yesterday when I talked about the, uh, the, the Timberwolves and Golden State Warriors from last night. And when I mentioned when I mentioned how, you know, it's not the fact that this team is bored per se. I actually think they're playing their worst basketball this time of year. I think they are. I think there is something to be said about maybe burnout from a, from a mental perspective or from another perspective, uh, burnout in the sense that you sometimes only play your best basketball at a certain time of the year. I think Golden State's played their best basketball of the year so far. I don't think they've saved their best basketball for last. Maybe I, I can still be wrong. Clearly, one of the biggest matchups of the night for this historic, you know, record-breaking opportunity for the Golden State Warriors stands in their way tonight between the Spurs and, and Warriors in in a Golden State. And remember, Golden State's lost two in a row at home, or they've they've lost two of three at home. They just lost to the war. They just lost to the Timberwolves. They could, they're going to play the Spurs tonight, and who knows who the Spurs are going to start, but. The point is, is th- I think they've played their best basketball that we're going to see this year. And if they keep playing their best basketball and keep moving forward and keep playing the way we know they can, then sure, maybe they haven't lost their stride. But to play the way they've played, which is win, just do enough to win, just do enough to hang in there, you can't play that way heading into the postseason. You have to play your best basketball. And if this team plays their best basketball, then clearly they're going to be fine. But I mean, they have not looked themselves the last two, three weeks. They just haven't. They have not looked like the Warriors that we've seen with the spunk and the excitement and the energy. And, the, and I know everyone's tired. I get it. Believe me. But at the same time, they look like a team that is just is, – is really just burnt out. Not from the standpoint of, you know, bored or whatever. People are saying they're bored. That's a, that's a masking term for saying they're still great. They're still – no, no. If you watch this team and how they've played the last two, three weeks, basically since that Spurs game on March 19th, and I mentioned this yesterday, they don't look like a team that is there all the way. They, something's going on with that team. Not, not bad, not awful, not horrible. I don't think it's pressure of the record. I don't think it's pressure of going to the playoffs and winning the championship. I don't think it's any of that. I think it's just the fact that they're not playing good basketball. And that happens. Sometimes these things that are going on, like the record that we're seeing, like the, uh, like, like the fact that, you know, the, the chase for 73, the chase for a back-to-back title, chase for Steph Curry getting 400 threes, all these little, all these little record maskings of what they're actually doing mask what this team actually is, which right now, is a pretty above-average basketball team. If you don't think that they're just an above-average basketball team the way they've been playing the last three weeks, you're only kidding yourself. I mean, this team got blown out by the Lakers in March. That happens. It happens from time to time. It happens. But they got absolutely destroyed. Then they only beat the 76ers by 12. You should dominate the 76ers if you're the, if you're the Golden State Warriors. Outside of the, the Portland game over the weekend, this past weekend, this team hasn't been covering the spread at all. They have been finding ways to just barely get by and win basketball games. And don't get me wrong, this is professional basketball. This isn't college. This isn't that. But this team is known, and when they play their brand of basketball, they dominate. They just dominate. That's what they do. But for some reason, that spunk has left. And 
when they get into the postseason and there's adjustments that will be made, which have already started to be made against this team on how to pick up Steph Curry at half court and how to pick up this team and overall and how to play defense against this team, there are already adjustments are being made on top of the fact that they're defending NBA champions, on top of the fact that, you know, adjustments will be made per game on how to stop this team and how to slow down this team. That's already being made. Those are already being uh, pushed and, and, and exalted and talked about and, and being shown in games. So for people to say that, you know, this team's just bored from the standpoint, no, I think you're masking the fact that this team really is not playing good basketball right now. They're not. People are figuring out their schemes. People are figuring out how they're playing. People are making them make mistakes. If you're watching these games and you're actually watching how they're playing, there were times throughout the year where, yeah, they made turnovers, but these turnovers that they're making are self-inflicted. And they're not from the standpoint of not concentrating or not focusing. They're from the standpoint of they're not running correct sets. They're not, they're not cohesively connecting as a team. You can see it. The eye test doesn't lie from that perspective. And when you watch this team play, you see the disconnect. Not the disconnect from the standpoint of they're bored of winning and bored of the, of the entertainment and bored of the – and bored. They're not bored. They're just not playing good basketball. Sometimes you have to run through lulls. It doesn't matter how historically great your team is. That Bulls team back in 95-96, back in they ran into a lull period late in the year. They did, and, and this Warrior team is doing the same thing. The only question is, and this is the thing I said, back, back around, uh, back around uh, the time when they, when they had the greatest start in NBA history, when they won their 50th game, they were, what, 50-4 and four or whatever, 50-3, and three, something like that. They were the quickest team to 50 wins, quickest team to 60 wins. The thing I said – was this. Look, this team needs to prove to me three things. And they've done it. They've proven one of them, which they couldn't do. Beat San Antonio in San Antonio. They haven't done that yet. No one's done that yet. Um, Stay healthy. They've stayed healthy. They have done that. The other thing is finish. You have to finish this. You don't have to, they don't necessarily have to finish this record, but you have to win the title. You have to. I mean, you have to. And if they don't, and to be the greatest team of all time, you have to finish out this final four-game stretch 4-0 against Memphis on, at home, on the road, Spurs at home, and on the road to break the record. And if you don't break the record, if you only go 72-10, and 10, then it's up for discussion. Then it's up for discussion. You don't leave it up to if, – if that's what Kobe Bryant was trying to say, and this is what I get back to my point, because this is what Kobe Bryant was trying to say. Don't leave it up for discussion. Dominate the history books. And if you have the opportunity to do so, why would you flounder? That's what this team's doing. They're floundering. They're not playing good basketball. And that's not to their, that's not to their, not, not to their credit that they're not playing good basketball. That happens to good teams. It doesn't matter who you are. Good teams go through tough stretches. And this right now is a tough stretch for the Golden State Warriors. But they have to bounce back and they have to flounder back if they want to be seen as the non-disputed greatest team of all time. Even if they go 71 and 11, they're not the greatest team of all time. They're the second greatest team of all time if they win the title. They lose in the, end of, they lose in the playoffs, it, all, it all's for naught. It means nothing. So from the standpoint of what Kobe Bryant was trying to say, I wholeheartedly agree with what he was saying from the standpoint of the Golden State Warriors. And, and I mentioned it yesterday. Look, this team is not just bored and not just this. Not, they're also not playing good basketball. And you can be bored. You can be, you know, lackluster and lazy and whatnot. But if you're, if, you're, if you're also not playing good basketball on top of it, going into the postseason, you can't just ramp it up and all of a sudden play great basketball and play back to the way you think you used to play, you know, February, January, December. You can't just go back to that. you got to go forward and go forward with what you have. And right now, they're a little, bit, a little bit in shambles compared to what they were two, three months ago. They are. They just are. What we saw in, this, in, in December – 
January and February was, in my opinion, the greatest, one of the, if not the greatest team we've ever seen. Now, over these last six weeks, three weeks, you know, since since the Laker loss, since the, especially since the Spurs loss, we've seen a team that has turned into, you know, we've seen a team that has turned into something that is kind of generic. We haven't seen the, the awe factor of the Warriors. Have they won games that they shouldn't have even won? Absolutely. Have they won games that we, we would question as, whoa, how'd they win that game? Absolutely. But when it comes to the ability of this team to win, you know, an NBA title, they can still do that. But will they dominate to the level we thought they, they, they would have done back in November, December, January, February? I don't think so. I think it's going to be a lot tougher road than people think. And if anybody says that this team is going to absolutely dominate through the postseason by looking at the way this team's been playing the last three weeks, you're out of your mind. This team is not playing good basketball. They're not playing. I mean, not not not. Ba- they're not playing bad basketball. They're not playing. You know, horrible like non-winnable basketball. They're still winning games. It's just from the standpoint of they're playing basketball that's good enough. They're not playing to the level we we saw earlier this season where. They were a historically great team. Now they're just looking like a team that's good and trying to hang on to some semblance of normality, which is, you know, basic, you know, basic fundamental basketball. And even then, there's times where they just throw up shots that are just horribly inaccurate. And even when the times when they're not inaccurate, but horribly ineffective. And there's, and there's been times where this team has been poor, you know, poor overall. And we have seen them flat out just, you know, we have just seen them flat out just take horrid shots over the last couple of couple of weeks, and shots that normally are really uncharacteristic of the Golden State Warriors. And don't get me wrong, Steph Curry is one to make poor shots, but it's not just Steph Curry now. It's guys like Draymond Green. It's guys like Klay Thompson. And even when they have basic shots when they're open, they're just missing shots. They're missing shots. They're taking poor, poor contested shots. They're taking shots that normally they don't take. Uh, they're not making the extra pass, the extra play. The extra bounce pass, the extra skip pass, the extra lob. They're not making the extra play. They're trying to rely on, on winning games just based upon, you know, their ability to do, you know, do just enough. They can't win like that. And, and for anybody to think that, you know, prior to this two-year stretch that the Golden State Warriors have had, this team, when they, when they did that, when they did just enough, they weren't good enough to win an NBA title. I don't care what you say. I don't give a damn who you are, what you say. This team, prior to 2013 or 2014, 2015, prior to last season, this team could not win games in the the postseason winning on just enough. This team has to play out of their mind, out of ordinary, just to win games. They have to. They're not not big enough. They're not a big enough team. They're not a – they don't have enough talent from the standpoint of a LeBron, of a Tim Duncan – of a, of a Kobe uh, in his prime, of a uh, Derrick Rose, a Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. They don't have that kind of talent. Yes, they have Steph Curry. Yes, a guy who is the greatest shooter of all time. I won't ever debate that. But when it comes to overall talent and guys that can create their own offense inside the three-point line, because you can't debate that Klay Thompson outside, uh, uh, you know, on the, on, on the perimeter as a jump shooter, great. Can he create his own offense? No, he can't. He really can't. Maybe a step back three, maybe a step, uh, a step back or a pump fake, you know, jumper. That's about it. He can't actually go inside and create his own shot at the rim and, and, and drive the rack like most guys can. Has he gotten better? Sure. 
But is he a, a LeBron? No. Is he a Kawhi Leonard? No. Is he a Tim? Is he is he a D? No. Steph Curry is proving more and more and more that he needs to rely more and more on his outside jumper than he can to go inside. Is he still a great inside player? Sure. Steph Curry is the top two uh, point guard in the league. He's not Russell Westbrook. He can't just attack the rim at will and get everyone off balance. He's not that kind of player. When his jumper is on, that's when he becomes effective. When his jumper's not on, he's worthless. And you've seen it the last week or so when Steph Curry, his jumper is not on, he, he, becomes, he becomes guardable and he becomes an average basketball player. He just does. When LeBron's jumper is not on, he drives the rack and tries to contest to get fouled. If he doesn't get the fouls, well, then that's going to happen. But LeBron can still create off the dribble. Steph Curry cannot create off the dribble on a normal basis. The only time he can is when he's, is when he's allowed to have his ability to jump, shoot from 30 feet out. That's the only way he can. And when those things aren't working for the Golden State Warriors and when their bench isn't playing great and when their cohesiveness isn't there, they look average or they look above average. They're still good. They can still win a title, but it's not going to come with ease that people are expecting. If your expectation level for this team because you think that they're bored going forward is to dominate in the postseason once the postseason begins, I think you're highly, uh, you're highly, you're expecting too much of this Warrior team. We have been, we have been, we have been, uh, what do you call it? Uh, I forget the term, but we have been, uh, 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 God, I wish I could say the word right now because I'm blanking. Um, but if we are patting ourselves on thinking that this Warrior team, their expectations of what they did between November and February, if we are thinking those four months are going to replicate what the final two months of the season are in the, in the postseason are going to look like, you've got to be mistakenly kidding yourself because this last month, this team has not looked like a championship-worthy team. They have not. There are times where they look unbelievable. There are times where they look great. And don't get me wrong, prior to that Laker game, prior to that Spurs game on March 19th, they have looked fantastic and, and historic. But since those games, and since that time period in the last couple of weeks, they haven't. They just haven't. And it's not, because it may, it's not because they're bored. It's because they are playing poor basketball. With that being said, this team still has a long way to go. And the thing that Kobe Bryant was trying to say, getting back to Kobe Bryant's point and getting back to the main issue, he was trying to say, look, if I had history in front of me, and I had a chance to break the record, I'm going to do everything I can. I ain't going to get bored. Are you kidding? That's exactly what Kobe was saying, and that's exactly where I stand with, with this Warrior team. It's the exact same uh, thing. Then, if the Warriors do lose two games coming down the stretch in the Final Four, which they could, they could lose two more games in the Final Four games with, with a very hungry Grizzlies team trying to get into the postseason. Obviously, still trying to clinch up a spot. I think they're going to get it, but the point is, is they, they still got to clinch a spot. And then once they do, they're trying to get at least a good seating so that they can play a good team. And the Spurs are just trying to, you know, protect home court and have that undefeated season at home. And if they don't, well, then they're still going to play good with their bench players. you got to remember, people, this Spurs team, this bench for the Spurs, they could start for, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Patty Mills could start for the Timberwolves right now. If not, he's a sixth man of the year on the Timberwolves. You got a guy like uh, Manu Ginobili, who probably would start on the Timberwolves. If not, sixth man of the year. You got guys like uh, Boris Dia. I guarantee you he would start for the Timberwolves. Guarantee it. Guarantee he would start for the Timberwolves. He would be, he would be the four. He would play a very good four for the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves just beat, just beat the Golden State Warriors at home. Look, 
people can say all they want about how this team is not playing good basketball and how or not, not, not playing good basketball. people can say all they want about how them being bored and how they're just waiting to get to the postseason. Look, you can't just wait to go into the postseason. You can't. You have to play the games that are in front of you. And I understand that this record is really, you know, changing some things and this, and this opportunity to get 73 wins is changing this outlook on what they look like. But where I stand on it is, look, you can't say you're the greatest team of all time just because you had the greatest start of all time. And if you win a title this year, you can't say that. You still have to hold the record. You still have to break the record of getting 73 victories. And you can't just tie it. You can't just get 72 and then say, you know, when you win the title and say, oh, we're still the greatest team of all time. No, you're not. You're the greatest Western Conference team of all time, but you're not the Bulls. And that debate will go on forever. And that debate will go on forever. But if you go undefeated these final four against the Spurs and the Memphis Grizzlies, that is when 73-9, and nine, you win the title. doesn't matter how you win the title. You get it done. Then, then, then there will be no discussion. We will all know you're the greatest team of all time. And I won't debate it. I won't debate it. But understand that dominating in the postseason – is don't expect that from the Warriors with the way that they've been playing as of late. Now, if the playoffs started a month ago, okay, then I would agree with you. I would agree with people and say they were gonna, they're going to dominate and play very well in the postseason, and they should get to the NBA Finals, and they should win it. But as of now, playing the Spurs tonight, don't be shocked if the Spurs go in there and they win by 10. Don't be. I'm serious. Don't be shocked tonight if the Spurs walk in there. They don't play their starters for most of the game, if, if even at all, and they win by 10. This Warrior team, after tonight, I can, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I'll pretty much darn near tell you, this Warrior team tonight is going to look like a team that is in shambles. They're going to. The Spurs will make them look that way, and the Spurs won't even play their best basketball. I can get, and, and that's what I'm trying to get to people. The Spurs are a top-five all-time team with the way they're playing right now. They are. They're about to finish with 68 victories this season. And people are only going to talk about the Golden State Warriors and their 69, 70, 71, or 72. That's all they're going to talk about. But people forget that the Spurs team is literally on their coattails right there. And with that being said, you know, obviously uh, tonight's game between Golden State and San Antonio, I, I think the Spurs win. I think they win rather big. For people to think that, you know, in the five games tonight in the NBA, you know, people think that the Spurs are going to – look, the Golden State Warriors are favored by seven. Since when have the Golden State Warriors covered a game in the last – month and a half like how many games have they covered in the last month uh golden state favored by seven at home what was the what was the line against against minnesota two nights ago w- weren't they favored by like 13 and they lost by eight or seven look it, this spurs team is going to come in tonight they're not going to play all their best players for a long amount of time and they're still going to compete this is going to be a great game and people are going to sit there and say oh the warriors they're still back at it they're still this or still that and i even saw things on twitter the other night where i mentioned this yesterday that people were saying the warriors you know, oh, we're just worried about getting into the playoffs as a one seed now. Uh-uh. We're not, we're not backtracking. We're not backtracking. You can't just sit here and say you're the best team of all time when you're just trying to get the one seed. You don't, you don't say that as an organization. If I, was a, if I was a Spurs fan right now and we had the Warriors record and we were trying to get to 73, I would sit here and be like, heck no, we're trying to get that record. As much as Pop will bench his players and rest his players, I want that record. And that's the other thing I want to talk about real quick before I get off the air. Obviously, tonight's game is real quick before I get to my point. Raptors and Hawks play tonight. Uh, that'll be 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, the Bulls and Heat play tonight. Obviously, the Bulls need to win to stay in the playoff race. They need to win. If they lose, it's looking pretty grim for them. Uh, Suns and Rockets 
Uh, obviously, the Rockets need a victory in that one. If not, it's looking like it's pretty grim for them. So those are two big games tonight in the world of basketball. Timberwolves and Kings, just two teams really that don't have a chance of anything. Obviously, Carl Anthony Towns versus Marcus Cousins would be a fun one, but outside of that, it's not worth watching. But for the Spurs and Warriors, what's fascinating to me is that people think that the Warriors would be, you know, the best team and ever of all time and all that. Look, people, here's why the Spurs are a top five team of all time and maybe even a top three team of all time when it comes to this whole season, if they win at all, especially. Here's why. Look, we know the Spurs mentality of things. Everyone, if you've been watching the Spurs over the last five years, especially the last five years, you know what they do. They bench their guys. They rest their players. They don't make players play on certain nights. They don't do this. They don't do that. Some nights they play. Some nights they don't. Some nights they play Timmy. They, they were the time where they didn't play Timmy at all. Kawhi Leonard will rest for two straight games. You'll see things like that, and, and people sit here and say that the Golden State Warriors are head and shoulders above the Spurs. Look, here, let me break it down for you. The Spurs are four games back of the Golden State Warriors right now, three and a half games back of the Golden State Warriors right now. If you're going to sit here and tell me that the San Antonio Spurs are not as good as the Golden well, listen very clearly. If you're going to sit here and tell me that the San Antonio Spurs – are not as good as the Golden State Warriors just because they have 69 victories and the Spurs have 65 victories. If the Spurs went balls to the wall every single night and played their best brand of basketball every single night, like they did against the Warriors on March 19th about three weeks ago, two weeks ago, if you're going to sit here and tell me that they didn't play like that every single night, don't sit here and tell me that this team, this Spurs team this year, wouldn't have 73 wins right now. Right now, this team would be contending for 75 wins. I'm not over-exaggerating. I don't think people would think that that's over-exaggerating. How many times have they benched their starters this year in games they clearly could have won if they would have started everybody? I'd say five games. I'd say five games. Then you also have a couple of games that are, that are you know, that are, you know, games won at the buzzer, games that they lost close, late, or whatever, and you take those away and when they didn't start everybody and play a complete game. There's always like eight to five games a year that Popovich doesn't start his guys. And this is one of those years. Of those eight to five of those games, they could have easily won. So this team right now could have 72, 73 wins right now, 70 wins right now, if they would have just played everyone the way they're supposed to, like the Warriors have. But they haven't. And so for that, people who say the Warriors are head and shoulders above the Spurs, you are out of your mind. You are out of your mind. 40 and 0, or 38 and 0, 39 and 0 at home for the San Antonio Spurs. 38 and 0 or 39 and 0 for the San Antonio Spurs at home. And you're going to sit here and tell me that the Warriors, who are 37 and 2 at home, 69 and 9, are head and shoulders above the Spurs. You are out of your mind. I think tonight the Spurs get the victory. I think they keep it close. If they don't win, they're going to keep it close. It's going to be a classic. And people are going to sit there and say, oh, this Spurs team can compete with the Warriors in, in Golden State. Yeah, you're damn right they can. And no one can beat this team in, in San Antonio right now, 39-0 at home. No one. No one. No one has. No one has even beaten this Spurs team out. No one has. So for that being said, tonight's going to be a fun one. Spurs and Warriors, I'll be tuned in at work. I'll be tuned in to watch that game on TNT. Obviously, the first game on TNT tonight is between the Bulls and Heat. That's our episode for today. If you'd like to call in again for next show, please feel free to do so. We've got about a minute left in the show. Episode 113 is in the books. Tomorrow's episode will be at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. 
um, here on the Hooper's Log through CLNS Radio in the Seek Studios. My name is Simo Buckets. Episode 113 of the book, episode 114 for Friday, April 8th, 2016. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, noon, noon uh, Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time for episode 114. We'll be back for then. You're listening on the Apple iTunes. Thank you again for listening. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the basketball. Enjoy the game tonight. It's going to be an interesting class. Have a good one. <laughs>